welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. I hope you all are having a blessed day today, fantastic week. Actually, great weather down here. That We're hammering down at Health Masters Day, getting everything caught up. We will be closed tomorrow for Thanksgiving, but we all, the website will still be open. We'll have a lot of different stuff going on, as always, in different specials that are happening. I'll let you guys know at the end of the show today, we're going to be having, obviously, a Thanksgiving sale, so I'll get you that information here in a little bit. But one thing I wanted to talk about first, and this is something that I found to be interesting, you all remember when the Baltimore public clowns, the ones basically in office up there in Baltimore, all voted to defund the police. I'm sure you do. You remember this. You remember when they all said that they were going to have social worker teams go and help police the community, right? Social, you have a problem, call a social worker. They'll come out and get it right for you, I guess. Or how about when they said we're going to defund the police and we'll, we'll monitor our own communities, you know, we'll self-police, right? You guys remember all that. I'm sure you do. Well, now they're having a horrific problem in Baltimore now. They're having armed gangs hijacking and stealing delivery trucks, Postal Service, Amazon, UPS, you name it. They're pretty much getting hit right now in Baltimore. They said this holiday shopping, this is from Zero Edge, USPS, FedEx, UPS, Amazon delivery workers are distributing more mail and packages than ever. The increased number of deliveries has left delivery vans densely packed with treasure troves of consumer goods and valuable items. Well, we have now found that armed criminal gangs in Baltimore have recognized the online shopping boom, and they're giving up robbing their brick-and-mortar stores and have adopted to hijack and rob delivery service vehicles. Just this week alone, there's been a full series of mail and package delivery drivers targeted in the lawless Baltimore city. According to Fox 45 News, the first incident occurred on Monday along Mosher Street in West Baltimore, an area known for criminal gangs, widespread homicide, and out-of-control opiate use, investigators said armed suspects hijacked a USPS mail carrier. The van was recovered hours later, completely empty, and appears the subjects took everything. A second incident occurred Tuesday in Mary Avenue in Northeast Baltimore. A UPS driver had his truck stolen, and the truck was completely cleaned out. They have now recovered the truck. On Wednesday night, Last Wednesday night, investigators say an Amazon delivery van was targeted along Highland Avenue in East Baltimore. Police said the Amazon worker was able to actually fight off and prevent the armed suspect from commandeering the delivery vehicle, and numerous other attempts have been made on other vehicles, and it seems that the situation is not getting any better. Now, it's not funny at all. This situation is obviously not funny. Having your packages stolen out of a truck getting delivered to you is obviously not funny at all. But what's ironic about this is it makes me want to take this article and shove it in the faces of all those city commissioners up there that voted to basically defund and deplatform and essentially get rid of the police department. And there's been numerous law enforcement officers up there that have completely and totally quit, walked off the job, said this is ridiculous, we're not going to do this anymore. Always remember, law enforcement, they deal with a vast array of horrific behavior. In most cases, they pretty much deal with the dregs of society every day. When there's a problem, when there's a robbery, when there's a crime, who gets called? Law enforcement. So they get exposed to just horrific 
horrific stuff on a daily basis. Now, do I think that's an excuse for law enforcement to act totally lawless and have a full-blown police state and have officers doing no-knock search warrants on victimless crimes and shooting people? Absolutely not. That is not at all what I'm saying, so don't confuse that. But what I am saying is here, there has to be law and order, and there always are individuals that are willing to step up and stand their ground with that and make law and order happen. This is going back, and it reminded me when I was reading this, it reminded me back of the old Western days when you used to have stagecoach and armored stagecoach robberies all the time, where you have to have sheriffs and U.S. Marshals escorting armored stagecoaches that basically had money, gold, silver, passengers, so forth on them, because stagecoaches were prime things to rob, including mail trucks as well. And that's what bandits would do. They'd go stop up and hold up stagecoaches, rob them, and then take off. And it appears Baltimore is now reverting back to stagecoach robberies in Western days. Sad to see it up there, but it does not surprise me at all when you have the liberal agenda function like this and start allowing them to push their lawlessness on the city. Dad, what do you think? I think it's a good analogy with the stagecoach. I remember we had all the old John Wayne movies, and you have the guy riding shotgun on the stagecoach. That's what yeah. I turned yeah. I'm going to ride the shotgun. You sit up on top of the platform with the driver with the 12 gauge, you know, hoping that you don't have to kill anybody or shoot anybody or get robbed. And it's a good target. It's an easy target. And here's why unless it's a Brinks armored car, I mean, it's an easy target because the guys basically, they don't care. The guys who are driving, they don't care if you rob their stuff. They're not going to get killed over somebody else's, you know, big screen TV. They don't, they don't, they don't care. And organized crime has learned a long, long time ago that it's easy to rob freight trucks. It's easy to rob stuff and basically resell it because look at what we have here going on with Amazon. You could buy, you could go and you could rob a truck that may have, you know, a hundred, you know, thousand items on it, you know, little bitty things like radar detectors or whatever. And all of a sudden, you start posting all of that stuff after you've stolen it because it's not serialized on Amazon. You start selling it. So now you have a zero cost of goods sold. You've got the other product that exactly, you know, let's say, let's, let's give an example. Let's say you take a high brand radar detector that sells for $300 per car and you rob a whole truck full of those. And now you can sell that high-brand radar detector for $150, 50% off. And everybody's buying it like crazy because, wow, it's on sale. And, you know, the manufacturer's looking back at it and saying, what the heck, how did they, they buy this at $150? Because it's not serialized. So there's no way to prove it's a stolen product. And this happens all the time, and it has happened for years and years with organized crime. They, they used to rob liquor trucks. You know, steal all the whiskey, steal all the beer, steal all the stuff off of it. You know, appliances, all this different stuff, you know, electronics have been a target of organized crime for many, many years. And what it allows them to do is basically they rob a truck. It doesn't have cameras on it in most cases, and so they can't really identify the person doing it. And it's a quick crime. It's in and out. And if they take the truck driver hostage or throw him out, they can drive the truck anywhere they want to drive the truck and unload it. So it becomes a real problem for police officers, but in this case, there are no police officers in those areas because they've been cut back on, apparently, and so it just goes away. Now, the thing you have to be careful is you have to hope and pray that the driver doesn't get hurt because the driver doesn't deserve any of this either. He hasn't asked for the police department to be absolved or dissolved or gone away. He didn't, you know, all of a sudden, he's stuck in the middle of this stuff. So it's a big problem when you start getting rid of police. And you know, it's, you know, it's like the old that, that movie Ghostbusters. You know, who are you gonna call? <laughs> and you gotta call somebody if something happens. Now, mind you, I'm gonna say this. This is really important. 
This is really important. You know, you call up the sheriff's department and they take 15 minutes to get to where you are. Whatever is going to happen if someone's broken into your house has already happened. They've already smashed and grabbed and got in and gone before the cops ever get here, if you have the opportunity to call before they break through or cut the phone wires. Just a heads up on that. So you as a patriot, you as an American citizen have a Second Amendment right. You have a right to bear arms. You know, and that's, you can use that right for that particular instance because you should have the ability to defend yourself. You know, Grady Judd, our sheriff here, he highly recommends that we all carry guns and have guns in our home. You know, have concealed weapons permits. Because he knows as well as we do, if you've ever had problems with somebody breaking into your house or on your property or trespassing, that it takes a bit of time for a police officer to get here. And so be prepared, guys. Know how to handle a firearm. Know how not to muzzle sweep anyone. That's really important. Never point your gun at anybody, whether it's loaded or not loaded. Train yourself not to point it at people and muzzle sweep. We've got a friend of ours, uh, they miss Mike. Won't mention any last names. And he loves to buy Kimber pistols. You know, he loves them. Absolutely has a vault full of them. And he buys them for like an investment. But the guy has absolutely no gun skills. Every time you see him and he wants to show you the new Kimber, you could ask Austin. All he does is muzzle sweep everybody in the room. Oh, look at this. He points the gun at you. And he goes, it's not loaded. I'm like, it doesn't matter, Mike. You have to automatically assume the gun is always loaded. This is how people get shot and die by accident. They're cleaning the weapon. They didn't check to make sure there wasn't a round in the chamber. They didn't bother to pull the slide back and look inside and make sure there's not a round in the gun. This is so important that we take care of guns properly and have proper gun safety. I mean, it's really important to store them in a safe place. Oh, by the way, you know, I want to say, you know, back in 1976, you know, I was, you know, in college at Florida State University. I was a junior at the university, and I was basically, you know, having a good time. I was working out hard and all the other things we did. And then all of a sudden, we had the swine flu vaccine fiasco. I mean, this was something that really was a major issue. And they decided that they had to have 80% of the people of the United States vaccinated. This is the spring of 76. I remember very well because I actually won the Mr. Tallahassee contest, you know, back in spring of 76. And it looked like that year's flu season was the real thing. And basically it was going to be bad because somebody had died of a apparent new type of flu. So they quickly rushed flu shots to the market. And they started pushing flu shots to the market. And all of a sudden, people all over the country, I mean, some say it's hundreds, some say it was in the thousands. Personally, I believe it was in the tens of thousands came down with a condition called Guillain-Barre syndrome, which is a rare neurological disorder. Now, this was directly attributed to the 1976 flu shot. Flu shot. Now, people say, well, what the heck? Well, you know, this, this gave a lot of people a really bad experience with vaccines. You know, vaccines are dangerous, guys. You're putting something directly into the bloodstream. And, and what Guillain-Barre syndrome is, is a rapid onset muscle weakness caused by the immune system damaging the peripheral nervous system. You know, typically, both sides are involved, right and left side. And the initial, initial symptoms are changes in sensation or pain, often in the back, along with muscle weakness, beginning with the feet and hands, often spreading to the arms and upper body. The symptoms may develop over hours to a few weeks. In other words, it doesn't just happen to everybody immediately. It may take a few weeks. It may take up to a month. 
During the acute phase, the disorder can be life-threatening, with about 15% of people developing weakness of the breathing muscles, and therefore, they have to put, be put on a ventilator. They can't breathe anymore, guys. I mean, this is crazy with what this product does and how bad it is. I mean, it, it goes on and on and on as far as it, it basically causes all of these death problems and symptoms and signs and symptoms, you know, numbness, tingling, okay? 8% of the weakness affects only the legs, weakness of the facial muscles, swallowing. All of this stuff goes on until you eventually, in some cases, become completely and totally paralyzed on an iron lung or on a breathing apparatus of some type. So this is one of the side effects of vaccinations. Now, why would I bring that up? Well, here's why. You know, this is from the Daily Mail this morning. Doctors urge the CDC, here we go, to warn Americans that the first, first, the first, did I say first, COVID vaccine doses could leave them feeling unwell. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> to, to make sure they follow up for the second dosage. Yeah, forgive me for laughing, guys, but if anybody takes this shot after this little show I'm doing right now, I can't believe you'd do it. Doctors advising the CDC on the distribution of the COVID vaccines hold officials that patients are basically get a lot of unpleasant side effects. Pfizer, Moderna, and AstraZeneca have all deemed their shots safe and tolerable, but participants from trials each reported COVID-like symptoms. What about the participants who died? Are they going to be are they are they reporting anything right now? These include fevers, headaches, chills, aches, and death. CD officials were urged to warn Americans of side effects so they'll know what to expect and return voluntarily for the second dose. What? That's the problem we have here, isn't it, guys? You don't know what they're going to inject in you. You know, you don't know what they're going to inject in you. And now they're saying that basically you can have all kinds of side effects. Don't worry about it. It's okay. Just ignore them. By the way, another article came out from Innovations and it says nanobots will be flowing through your body by 2030. It says in 10 years, nanobots in your blood might keep you from getting sick or even transmit your thoughts. I'm listening to me, friends, or even transmit your thoughts to a wireless cloud. According to some futurists, in the next 10 years, your blood could be streaming with tiny nanobots. That's really something I don't want in my bloodstream to help keep you from getting sick. We have an immune system for that. Or even transmit your thoughts. That's what I don't want to have happen to a wireless cloud. Wait a minute. They will travel inside of you on a molecular level, protecting your biological system. No, they won't. And ensuring that you'll have good and a long life. Whoa. Guys, here's the newsflash. This isn't technology that's available for us in 10 years by 2030. It's available now, and it's probably going to be in that COVID shot. Just thought I'd mention it. So if you want these things transmitting your thoughts, transmitting your location, because here's the problem they have right now with tracking you. They like using your cell phone. Here's the problem. Many of us turn our cell phones off. Many of us put our cell phones in a shield if we go out with them because we don't want to be tracked with our cell phones. In fact, how about this? How about many of us leave our cell phones at home like we did when we didn't have cell phones back in 1970, which is a concept that new kids nowadays can't even conceive of. We didn't have a beeper in 1970. We didn't have a cell phone in 1970. You went to a pay phone if you had to call somebody. Yeah. So we don't really need cell phones. So that's the problem as far as tracking you. They've got to find a way to track you, and now they're telling us that nanobots will be available, and you think that they're not going to have this technology available today? It's been around for a long time, guys. And see, and this is the problem that we have. 
They want that Orwellian system where they'll know what every thought is. They're telling you they're going to transmit your thoughts. Every thought is, every move is, and everything you're going to do all of the time. Kind of like in Genesis chapter 6, where it says every thought of every person was evil all of the time. Guys, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be upon my return, is what Jesus said. It's like the return of the coming of the Son of Man. Because Christ warned us this was going to happen. Because it has already happened once on this planet. And God had enough of it. Well, I got good news for all of us. God's going to have enough of it again. And because you're a child of God, being born again with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, <laughs> you get to spend all eternity with God. And all these clowns that are doing all this stuff, they're going to come to judgment. That's the good news. Austin, what's your first story about, or your next story? No, you're absolutely right. And the thing about the, the nanobots that a lot of people don't realize, and you know, you and I have both researched this stuff in detail, this stuff's been around for a while. This technology isn't some random you know, thing, oh, we're going to put this together now. And there's a high probability, and I've, I've heard this from numerous researchers now that are awake, is that they're going to put this, if it's not in this vaccine specifically, it's going to be in the very, very near future. And the reason, the way these work, guys, understand this, it's kind of like having miniature cell phones in your body. Right now, they track everybody's whereabouts. And they not only track your whereabouts, they track who you come in contact with via Bluetooth. The phones talk to each other. That's the whole concept of the Internet of Things that's being brought about very, very rapidly now with the 5G. The 5G is designed to make sure you have an Internet connection at all times. They don't care about the fact that you can get on eBay faster on your phone. That's just a side benefit that you happen to enjoy and stay focused on. The aspect of 5G is they want to make sure every single phone is connected wirelessly to the Internet at all times. The reason why, they can track your phone via GPS. If they want to drop a full GPS coordinates on you, they can track your phone. That, that's a fact. However, you got to remember, that's not something that's just easy to do with 330 million people, to sit there and monitor GPS tracking on every single phone all across the country. It's, that's really not. I mean, they can do it, but it's not very efficient. There has to be some type of autonomous feature they want done, and that's exactly where they're going with this. The 5G is designed to keep the phone connected to the Internet of Things at all times. The phone then, in turn, has the ability to spy on you all of the time. This is why I've told people to turn your permissions off on your phone. Put a piece of tape over the camera on your front phone. D, they use these apps on your phone to track you, to monitor you, and to build an algorithm on you. Whenever you go on a social media platform and you have the camera on the front of the phone, they watch you. They watch your facial expressions. They see if you're happy, you're glad, you're intrigued, you're aroused, you're excited. They watch all this. So every time you have a facial expression that's excited or you look at something on there, they see, oh, this is, he likes this. We'll send him another ad like this now. Oh, he likes that ad. We're going to dial it in. And what they'll reach a point is they'll start dialing in those ads to a pinpoint level to where you haven't even talked or thought initially about that ad. And all of a sudden it pops up and you go, wow, it's like they're reading my mind. I've personally watched it before. I've had friends as well that I've tested it on straight up. You can watch the ads get closer and closer and closer specifically. 
specifically dialed in to exactly what you want to actually predicting what you're going to think about. And I, my, my buddy showed me one. He goes, dude, he goes, this is creepy. He goes, this ad just popped up for basically super clean T-shirts. Like they're basically, you know, like plain tees, but they're like V-neck and stuff like that. And he goes, it's interesting because... I've been thinking about getting more shirts now because some of mine basically are starting to get worn out. I haven't even searched for it. Haven't even gone online and searched for them yet. And I went, wow. And he goes, That's, I've had enough of this. He, he did the same thing. I just put the tape over his camera, basically turns off all the permissions. I said, oh, it's very real. This is what they want to do with the nanobots. This is going to be the next step in it. The nanobots are going to be like little miniature cell phones. They're going to con- basically communicate with each other, each person. So even if you don't have your phone with you, they're going to basically get pings off Bluetooth signals from other people's nanobots and 5G towers. What will happen is exactly what Dad said. They're going to start going in, and they're going to start knowing what you're thinking. This is going to be beneficial for them for two reasons. A, they can actually go in and then very greatly predict what you're going to do, exactly what you're going to do without you even realizing it. And B, they can start having negative sanctions if you start thinking stuff that you're not supposed to think. Like, you know what? I don't want to get a COVID vaccine. Oh, you know what? We're going to go ahead and have to demonetize you on YouTube. Oh, we're going to go ahead and make sure that uh, your cell phone service basically decreases. Oh, we're going to have to make sure that you basically no longer get this online or you no longer have the ability to renew your driver's license. Social credit score on steroids, that's where it's going. And then it goes into exactly what Dad just said. They can go in and start actually reprogramming and rewriting what you think and what you feel so that you don't actually think about Jesus anymore. You don't actually think about thoughts that are positive. You start thinking super negative and you're super scared all the time. That's where it's going with this. So yes, he's absolutely right. And then you have incidences like the head of the World Health World Organization, the WHO, has now suggested last week that the COVID restrictions will continue even after the vaccine has been widely available. He said a vaccine on its own will not end the COVID-19 pandemic. We still need to continue surveillance, testing, isolating, tracing, quarantining contacts, engaging communities, and encouraging individuals to be careful. Golly, that doesn't sound like a platform for COVID. That sounds like a platform for a full-blown totalitarian regime. Surveillance, testing, isolating, tracing. Yeah, that's what this whole thing's about. And anybody who can't see that now either just is blindly just just blindly ignorant, intentionally blindly ignorant, or you're just pretending that it's not happening. You now have the governor up in Maryland. I saw this video last night disturbing video. It's the governor of Maryland. The governor of Maryland comes out and says that you do not have a constitutional right to walk around without a mask. Quote, kid you not. He said, it's like saying I have a constitutional right to drive drunk or I have a constitutional right to yell fire in a movie theater or not follow the speed limit. There is no constitutional right to walk around without a mask. Whoa. Guys, we are treading on some thin ice with some of these governors right now. And first off, let me clarify something straight up. There is absolutely no comparison between somebody driving drunk and not wearing a mask. I'm going to clarify that real quick. He is completely and totally out of his mind. 
government's burden to show that a specific driver is drunk in a specific instance of driving and they willfully made themselves intoxicated and willfully got behind the vehicle and endangered other people. Just because some drivers are drunk does not mean the government can force all drivers to stop driving until all accidents are prevented. This is dangerously stupid. That's what Jenna Ellis basically tweeted back out after the Trump legal advisor. This is not okay. Going out and saying now and trying to compare not wearing a mask to driving drunk is extremely dangerous rhetoric. This is the words, this is the verbiage of a regime that's trying to do a full-blown takeover of the United States. They're trying to take the souls and the hearts and the minds of the populace to make you think that if you don't wear a mask, it equates to drunk driving is full-blown lunacy. Masks have already been shown now in the first randomized controlled trial out of Denmark that the effectiveness of masks did not reduce COVID infections with statistic significance. That's already a fact that came out in research. We already know that masks decrease your oxygen uptake and they increase your CO2 buildup in your body. That is also a fact that we have documented numerous times on this show. You can look at the research on our website if you want. Ted and I have gone into detail on the effects of CO2 buildup in the bloodstream and what happens and the side effects and the long-term effects that occur when you have CO2 buildup in your body from wearing a mask for an extended period of time. The masks are to do one thing right now, force compliance on a giant populace. Masks also are designed to cause more health conditions exactly what I just talked about. Masks are also increasing massive cases of bacterial pneumonia cases all across the country. The masks are causing health issues on a epidemic scale right now across the country that nobody is addressing whatsoever because why? Every single thing that occurs, they put a PCR rapid test on them and 60 to 70% of them are testing false positives. Even if there is no COVID present, it's testing positive for some type of viral exposure. Then what do you have? The narrative. You have another positive case again. Oh, you've got to wear your mask. We've got to get these cases down. Does anybody wonder why there's a huge compliance with the mask all across the country? There's a huge compliance with people still social distancing, but yet the cases are rapidly going up every single day. More cases, more cases, more cases. Anybody else question that at all but me? This is where it's going, and this is exactly why the blithering idiot up in Maryland, whose name is Governor Larry Hogan, is running around now telling people you do not have a constitutional right to walk around without a mask. Let me clarify this. You have 100% a God-given and constitutional right not to wear a mask if you do not want to wear one. There is zero legality about forcing you to muzzle your face and wear a mask. Yesterday, my wife took our kids and one of her friends to a place called The Barn in Lake Alfred. Small little area, two big buildings. They have all this antique stuff there. My mom, Sharon, already had an incident there on Monday basically said she wasn't going to wear a mask, and they pretty much capitulated, and they said, that's fine, just make sure you're social distancing. She said, yeah, whatever. My wife went in yesterday with her friend and two kids and walked around the whole left section of the building. There's two barns that are connected. She walked around the whole left building. Not an issue. Customers are there. 
staff there helping her. She walks over to the breezeway to go to the other building. And the same guy that gave Sharon a hard time on Monday comes out and he said, oh, here's a mask. You need to take a mask. Landon goes, no, thank you. I have a medical exemption. I'm not going to wear a mask. And he goes, no, you have to wear a mask. She goes, I can clarify this a little bit clearer. I have a medical exemption. I'm not going to wear a mask. Maybe that helped. And he goes, no, we're not going to let you in the store unless you put a mask on. She goes, I'm not wearing a mask. My friend's not wearing a mask. And my kids aren't wearing a mask. Sharon was already here on Monday and clarified this. He goes, I don't care. We've now made it policy. You have to wear a mask. It's for the protection of everyone here. And Landon said, you're not protecting anyone. You're basically making yourself look like a clown. I'm not going to wear a mask. He goes, well, you need to leave the premises then. You're not, basically, you're not welcome here. And Lana was irate. She called up mom. Mom called him up, had a giant argument with him on the phone. That's what happened yesterday. This is Little Lake Alfred. I don't understand how much clearer the American populace needs to be in the fact that we are not going to muzzle ourselves and act like we are a conquered slave. We're not going to walk around with a face mask on and breathe our own carbon monoxide carbon dioxide, and build it up in our body. We are not going to show everybody that we are good little peasants by putting on a face mask that does not work according to the randomized clinical study randomized controlled study out of Denmark. So let's clarify that and say it for, and make it louder for everyone in the back since they can't hear it. This is the resolve that everybody has to start making in their own life, in their own friends, in their own family, in their own businesses. The masks are to do mainly submission, servitude, control, and compliance. This is what they're about. Now, yesterday I told you about what was going on in Newark, New Jersey. They're basically locking them down starting today. Well, now Bloomberg has reported New York City will now have vehicle checkpoints at key bridges and crossings to strictly enforce travel quarantine, Sheriff Joseph Batuto said. The sheriff's office will conduct spot checks when out-of-state buses also drop off riders at the curb. Testing and tracing teams will be on the ground to direct individuals to testing sites and provide education on their quarantine. All travelers, basically, that come in have to be quarantined for 14 days. The city will enforce this on all airports, bus terminals, and port station authorities. Wow. Can't say I'm surprised in New York. That place is unbelievably liberal. But, guys, it's happening right now. It's happening right in front of our eyes. And unless everybody starts standing up and making their voices heard and letting everybody know that we're not going to go quietly into the night, they're going to keep doing this. They're going to keep pushing the narrative. They're going to keep lying to us. And they're going to keep telling us that we have no rights at all. You stay in your home. You shelter in place. You ask permission to leave your home. And you better doggone put on a mask when you walk outside. They're going to keep telling you that. And the more people that comply and get on their knees and beg to have a muzzle put on their face like a dog, the faster they're going to do this to us. And then it's not going to get easier the longer we comply. That's my stance on that, Dad. You know, Austin, there's something else going on with this mask. You know, it's not trying to protect us. Like you said, it's it deals with compliance, subservience, submission, licking the boot of the master, putting a choke chain on you, muzzling you, slapping a diaper on your face. I mean, there's more to this. And I said something the other day, and I mentioned it just for a second. You know, who are they trying to protect from human beings breathing? You know, you say, well, what does that mean? Well, why don't you just, just fill in a few holes on yourself on that one? Is there something else coming to this planet 
Is there someone else coming to this planet that they're trying to protect? I mean, this is some weird stuff. I mean, this is insane. And for all of those Q folks who probably don't listen to this show anymore, who are still out there saying all of these mask mandates and the COVID is going to completely disappear after November elections, guess what? It's almost December and nothing's gotten any better. It's gotten worse as far as the government tyranny. Now, here in Florida, we have a governor who's phenomenal who said he will not have a mandatory mask mandate. And here in Polk County, we have Sheriff Grady Judd who will not enforce a mask mandate. So I asked Sharon this morning, I said, you know, probably what we need to start doing is when you go to a store and they ask you to leave, say, well, I don't feel like leaving right now. I apologize, but I'm just going to walk around some and maybe buy a few things and you know, I'll let you know if I'm going to get something or not and have them call the police. Now you say, why would you do that? Well, we're about to that level now. Here's why. The Sheriff's Department, Norwood Lakeland Police, respond to a mask complaint. Now, now, if you go in the store and you make a big, you know, you make a bottom of yourself, you start screaming and yelling and cussing. You know, well, yeah, they're going to, the police are going to show up for that because you're being rowdy. But if you're just walking around with a mask or without a mask, why would the police show up and tell you that you have to leave the premises? So I think we're about to that level now. I think what we're going to have to do is start calling the bluff of these moron managers who've been told that you must call the police. In other words, are they going to grab you physically? Now think about this for a second. Are they going to assault you? Are they going to grab you, twist your arm behind your back, and sling you out the front door? That's a giant lawsuit waiting to happen. And if they grab you and basically assault you, you have the right basically to defend yourself if they start getting you know kind of wild with you and grabbing you and latching onto you. So are they going to push it to that level? Ask yourself that question. And I told Sharon, I said, you know, go back to the barn again. You know, see what happens. Just tell them to call Grady Judd. He's a friend of mine. Call Grady Judd up. Have him come out of there because it's not a county. And, but in the meantime, we're going to completely and totally boycott the barn. Not, in fact, if any of you in this area ever go there, I ask you not to go there anymore because of this. Unless you want to go there and test their mask ordinance. That would be kind of fun. But, you know, you think, well, what do you mean by this, Ted? Are you telling us to bait? Yeah, I, what I'm telling you guys is don't be violent and don't be ugly. Just say, no, I'm not going to do that. And see what the next step is. Are they going to basically, you know, have you trespass warned? Is that where this is going to go? Do they really want to have a bunch of squad cars with blue lights on show up at the barn, scare the living yee-yee out of everybody in the barn like some felony criminals walking around to have you trespass warned? I think that they're not going to do that. I don't think they will. But I don't know. Maybe they will. I don't know. But you're not going to get arrested. They'll just ask you to leave the property unless you've done something ugly. You can't be hitting people and doing all kinds of weird stuff. But you can definitely say, well, I don't want to leave. I'm just going to walk around and get something to eat or whatever. But, guys, is it that time that we all go to that level that we say, no, I'm not going to leave? I mean, where do, where do we draw this? I remember years ago, I was at Disney. Perfect example. And I was kidding. Carrying my Kimber, and apparently some dog had alerted, or some off-duty police officer, or somebody had basically seen the silhouette or whatever they saw of my gun in my pocket. And I'm walking around Disney, about to go into the entrance, and a security person from Disney comes up and they say, "Hey, uh, you know, what's in your right pocket?" And I'm like, "None of your business." And they said, well, what do you mean? None of our business. This is private property. And I'm like, well, I said, it's none of your business. And they said, well, it's our business because you're on private property. 
and they said, you're going to have to show us or tell us what's in your pocket, or we're going to call law enforcement and have you taken off the property and permanently ban you from Disney World. And I thought for a second, because the kids were still little, I thought, well, I don't want to get banned. I said, that's what I told them. I said, well, I have a concealed weapons permit for the state of Florida. And I said, I have a gun in my right pocket. And they said, well, here's what we're going to have to do. We're going to dispatch Orange County Police Department and have you taken off the property, or you're going to have to return the gun to your automobile, or you can put it in a locker here, and we'll keep it for you until you leave the premises. I thought, okay. So I told them I'd keep it there in a locker on the premises. Well, then they took me back into the security area. And guys, I've never seen anything like it before. There was an entire wall. I mean, it was a huge wall, and it was wide and tall, and it had like 10-inch monitors, 12-inch monitors on the entire wall touching each other back-to-back. It looked like there were over 100 monitors, and they were looking at every single thing going on at Disney all of the time. And I thought, whoa, I'm in the back of the scenes here as far as, you know, in the back of the hub of where all of this stuff takes place as far as the security people. And, you know, same thing happened to us once after Austin was there. You know, we, we came in, we had a Glock sticker on our car. We drove into the parking lot. Austin went in. As soon as he walked in, they walked up to him and asked him if he was carrying a weapon. They'd seen the Glock sticker, they told us, on the automobile as we drove in. Now, would Disney have trespass warned us with the police department had we chosen not to leave? Absolutely, yes. They would have done that. I guarantee you Disney would do that. But will a local shop do that who's trying to earn an income, who's trying to make money, would they castigate and throw out with police, with blue lights, a group of ladies with little children who want to shop and not be forced to put a diaper on their face? I don't know. Are we to that level now that we have to go to that point and do that? I'm starting to think so. We have to make people realize that, you know, we're not going to, like Austin said earlier, capitulate. Again, don't be ugly, don't be mean. But, you know, I don't think they're going to have the audacity to grab you because they're going to, quite frankly, somebody grabs you, you've got the right to defend yourself. They can't be grabbing you. But they do have the right to call the police. I will tell you that now before you do any of this stuff. They do have the right to call the police, and the police do have a right to trespass warn you if they don't want you on their property. But where's our resolve going to stop, and how much of this are we going to put up with? I don't know. Now, you don't feel comfortable doing something like that? Don't do it. If you want to do it, that's your constitutional right. But here's the thing. How much resistance do we have to put out there? Are we just going to say, I'm going to basically boycott you, you know, on social media? I'm going to tell people not to go to the barn anymore because of what you did to us and how you offended us? Is that going to be enough, or should we have them go ahead and dispatch the police? Because quite frankly, I don't think the Sheriff's Department is going to show up. I don't think the Damascus Police. This is something the Department of Health needs to do, not the Sheriff's Department, if there's indeed an ordinance. And this silly governor up there who's telling you you don't have a constitutional right to walk around without a mask on, wait a minute. Does that mean we don't have a constitutional right to breathe? Because being having the ability to breathe isn't a given right in the Constitution. It doesn't address a mask. It doesn't address your right to breathe. Does that mean we don't have the right to see? They're going to put a blindfold on us next? You don't have a right to walk around without a blindfold. We have to lead you. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Where is the Constitution talking about all of this stuff? Really, really, really slippery slope, guys. By the way, the uh, fired Trump lawyer, Sidney Powell, which she was definitely fired by the Trump administration, is now pleading for cash. And she promises she really will release the Kraken as today on Wednesday, but she will ask her liberal Hollywood friends for funds. Wait a minute, liberal Hollywood friends? Well, yeah, 
Powell, in case you guys don't know this, was the executive producer of the 2013 film Decoding Annie Parking about a geneticist who discovered the breast cancer gene starring Helen Hunt. Oh, so she's got friends who are Hollywood liberals. Hmm. In a jarring contrast to her later embrace of conspiracy theories, Powell promoted the film as liberal family-friendly theme on her social media accounts. She founded a legal defense fund to cash in on her newfound fame under the Internal Revenue Category 5013C Corporation. The IRS says a 5013C4 should normally apply to social welfare organizations and community groups like homeowners associations. Powell got national attention after claiming that Trump had been cheated out of the election, which is, by the way, true. And so it's all interesting to me. You start seeing these people and seeing what they're involved in and seeing who they are. And all of a sudden, Trump distances himself from her, says she is not on the legal team. But now suddenly they're saying that basically there's confusion, and now Trump and all interests are aligned. Well, what is it then? Is she on the team or is she not on the line? And Sidney Powell basically says, you know, Sidney Powell, Lynn Wood, another attorney, says Sidney Powell and I are more alike than we are different, and we are fighting different legal battles for the same clients, you know, we the people. The people voted overwhelmingly to reelect Donald Trump, which is true. All interests are aligned. Sidney Law is practicing law on her own. She is not a member of the Trump legal team. She is also not a lawyer for the president in his personal capacity. So, I mean, where is all this stuff happening here? I mean, now we have her as part of the legal team again, working in alignment with them. So we have to ask ourselves a question. What's really going on? And now, if you haven't listened to Monday's show, real important, listen to Monday's show, because I explained to you what the Kraken is, what's really going on, and who really runs the planet. Don't want to get into that again. So listen to Monday's show of this week. Austin, what do you think? And what's your next story, bud? Oh, yeah. No, that's, there's definitely no doubt about it. <laughs> this whole election fraud thing, I think they're, we're, we're getting probably 5% of what's really been going on behind the scenes. We knew from the very night that there was significant amount of fraud. You could watch it happen, even on that two different graph curves from Michigan and also Pennsylvania when Biden got his 160,000 ballot dump. And the graph curve is basically making a normal, healthy graph going up, you know, inclining. Same thing with the Trump as far as how many votes they're getting going up, going up, going up. And all of a sudden, Biden gets a straight vertical line, like an entire inch on the graph curve, straight vertical line. Literally impossible. Doesn't happen. Can't happen. It's never happened before in election history. But apparently, it happened with Biden. All of a sudden, it's, everything's legit. So I don't know what's going on with this whole thing with Sydney. I know she's been talking a whole lot of game for the last couple of weeks. Whole lot of big talk. Trump was talking a whole lot of big talk. Now all of a sudden, everything's got eerily silent. It was almost like this was the whole narrative from the beginning to make everybody think this is what's going to happen, and it's not. But I don't know. I don't really know anymore. This, everything is designed, by, specifically designed, to cause chaos and confusion. That's exactly what it's doing. Like the photo the other day, somebody sent me, and it's like probably 50, 60 different newspaper, front page newspapers, every, all kinds of different media all over the country. And every single one on the same day was exactly the same thing where it said, Biden, America needs to heal. That's what he was talking about. 
And it was interesting to see that on every single why, why are they saying America needs to heal? It's time to heal. Time to heal. Kept saying it over and over and over again. Well, what are we trying to say here? Well, what are, what are they? What's their narrative? They're trying to push. Because as far as I see, we're having massive draconian lockdowns all over the country. We're having stores being shuttered. New Mexico. I saw this article earlier in New Mexico. They said the state has now shut down eleven essential businesses after workers tested positive for COVID on the PCR rapid test. They are now saying that businesses are subject to a two-week shutdown if they have any PCR rapid response test positive. The 11 businesses, which is crazy because it's not the big, big, it is big change. Three Walmart super centers have been closed. Texas Roadhouse, Sam's Club, Smith's Food and Drug Center, Ogis Santa Fe Spa Resort, and four Albertsons markets. 11. All of them shut down two weeks. Now, Here's something you got to think about for a second when they're shutting this. And this is because an employee in this store tested positive on a PCR test. So now we're not telling people to go home and quarantine anymore. Now we're saying a person in a store tested positive, the entire store gets locked down. Now here's the thing about like Sam's Clubs, Walmart Supercenters, Albertsons Market that nobody's even bringing up. What are they doing with all the produce? What are they doing with all the food? What are they doing all the perishable products like ground beef, chicken, pork, hot dogs that are basically, that are fresh, you know, sausage, all this different stuff. What are they doing with all that? They can transport it to one of their other stores now? I mean, that's, that's going to be logistically fun. What about getting product in? What about getting more inventory? The business shut down for two weeks now. So it's shut down for two weeks. What is, what, is this, what is the store doing when it reopens? How does it get inventory back in rapidly before they open? Are people allowed to go back in and stock the shelves? I don't know. This is how idiotic it's become now. Now, it almost appears to me that this is being done now, even to essential businesses. A essential, I, I talked to you guys about that before, the idiotic ideology behind that. You're essential, but you're not. So these stores, though, that are grocery stores, it almost appears that this governor and various other individuals that are involved in this are intentionally trying to start food shortages. This is my take on it. Now you've got Albertsons all over the state. You've got Walmart Supercenters all over the state. You've got a Sam's Club. You've got all these places that are instrumental in feeding communities. Now all of a sudden they're shut down. Now how much longer is it if they start doing this, they start shutting down more and more and more businesses? I don't know. I'm glad I don't live in New Mexico. I pray for everybody that's out there, realistically. I mean, this is true. So, again, ask yourself this question. What's the real reason behind this? Because it's not COVID. It's not COVID. CDC already said this thing has a mortality rate of, you know, 99.9%. Survival rate, excuse me. We already know that. This, this is, we're not having massive people overwhelming hospitals. It's all a complete and total lie. I've talked to literally a dozen different medical staff workers all across the country in various states. Every one of them has told me the exact same thing. They said, yeah, we're having issues with people coming in that are sick. That's every single year. People have the flu. People come in with bacterial pneumonia. People come in with all kinds of health issues. It's a hospital. They said, but it's not overwhelming. They said what is overwhelming is the fact that everybody constantly tests positive for COVID. Everybody does. Dead people test positive. You get killed in a car accident, you're positive. You, know, you commit suicide, you're positive. This is what they're doing. This is the narrative. So ask yourself the question, who benefits by shutting down Walmart super centers and Albertsons and big food distribution areas in these towns like this? What is this really about? And how far, again, like Dad said, 
are we willing to stand up? I mean, I can't help Albertson shut down or Walmart shut down. Quite frankly, I can care less about Walmart. But, I mean, there's nothing we can physically do and reopen them if they get an edict from the state. But, again, how long are we going to keep allowing this facade, this charade, this giant lie to perpetrate our communities like that's it. You start going into places, they start kicking you out. I guess, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go over to the barn with Dad today. I don't know. Do something interesting to do. You know, go in there, not wear a mask. No, I'm not going to mask. You have to leave. No, I don't feel like leaving. I want to travel freely on my way and spend money here. Even though I'm not going to spend money there, I don't support that company anymore now. That 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 store. See what they do. See if they want to call sheriff's department up. Have sheriff's department out front over a mask. I don't know. Is that the result that some of these idiots are willing to go to ruin their own sales of their stores? I'm, I'm curious to find out who the owner is. Now I'm very curious. I told Lana that yesterday. I said, you need to find out who the owner is. I said, because they've apparently put somebody in a position of power who's completely and totally drunk with power now, and he feels the need to actually turn away business from the store, all in the efforts to make people feel better about themselves by walking around with a face diaper. Just my stance on it. We'll have to continue to keep everybody updated on this little incident we're having down here in Polk County now. <laughs> you know, it's crazy, Austin, you know, what you have to do. I mean, this is like a conscientious objector. You have to kind of go there and, and, and see what they're going to do as far as what level, like you said, they're willing to take it to. By the way, by the way, the lunacy of Pennsylvania, Democrats are now outlawing liquor sales on Thanksgiving Eve. Now, of course, they've got that transgender, whatever it is, that's sitting there making this announcement. And, uh, you know, this this guy was ugly as a man, guy, ugly guy. He's double ugly as a woman. Oh, gosh, it's disgusting. And, uh, you know, Pennsylvania, Tom Wolf, a Democrat and a fascist, has just willy-nilly with no authority from the spineless eunuchs in the Pennsylvania legislature, that should be impeaching him, outlawed the sale of alcohol starting at 5 p.m. Wednesday night, Thanksgiving Eve, and ending at 8 a.m. Thursday morning, Thanksgiving Day. What well, women? But he's only outline the sale of alcohol in bars and restaurants. You still buy all the booze you want at a store. There you what? go. Yep. What? I mean, it's, I mean, it says the biggest day for drinking is the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. I did not know that. I don't like addressing that any more than anyone else does, but it's a fact, Wolf said. When people get together in that situation, it leads to an increase in the exchange of fluids. That leads to increased infection. What? This isn't going to decrease alcohol consumption like Prohibition did 90 years ago. It's only going to increase drinking because now drinking becomes with a taste of the forbidden. <laughs> Anyone you want who wants to drink on Thanksgiving Eve is going to drink and exchange fluids, whatever that's supposed to mean, at, at home while the bars and the restaurants that have already been ravaged by Wolf's lunatic shutdowns remain empty on the kind of night that might have otherwise helped him help those restaurants recover financially. I'm going to post this article. Uh, you know, it's from Breitbart on the website. In fact, it should be posted right now so you guys can see it. And, and just to understand where this whole crazy stuff is going. I mean, it's getting to the point where it's, it's insanity. It's not getting to the point. It's been insanity. By the way, OxyContin maker, Purdue Pharma, has pleaded guilty to three criminal charges. Of course, no one's going to jail. An $8.3 billion plea deal, plea deal, okay, for its role in fueling the America's opioid crisis. This is the Sackler family, by the way. Uh, well, I'm not going to go there. Rothschild cutouts. Purdue Pharma, owned by the wealthy Sackler family, entered a guilty plea Tuesday to three federal criminal charges. Pleas were entered by Purdue board member Steve Miller on behalf of the company in a virtual hearing, of course it was virtual, with a federal judge in Newark, New Jersey. Charges include conspiracy to defraud the U.S. and violating federal anti-kickback laws. 
The deal is part of produced settlement with the Department of Justice and sees the firm form finally and formally admitting to its role in the opioid epidemic. It says OxyContin was introduced in 1996. Addiction and overdoses have surged with around 47,000 people dying of opioid overdoses in 2018 alone. Wait a minute. That's like almost the amount of people who died in the entire Vietnam War dying in one year from opioid overdoses. So, again, they had to seed the market. They had to increase the amount of opiate consumption in the world so they could have a marketplace for their Afghan heroin. Let's just do the math on that. You got $1.5 trillion worth of heroin coming into the world from Afghanistan every single year. We talked about this on Monday. They got to make sure they have enough people addicted so when they stop giving them the opiates, you know, via prescription, they've got a source to go to so they can keep buying their drugs. Is that what this whole thing was about? And now nobody goes to jail and they get fined a fraction of the money they've made from the sale of these opiates and a tiny fraction of the money they've made from the sale of the street heroin. I mean, we're talking $1.5 trillion versus $8.3 billion. And that's $1.5 trillion in one year, right? What an unbelievable mess we have with this organized crime running everything. Hey, guys, I appreciate you. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. I mean, have a wonderful day tomorrow. I love you guys. I have not yet had a chance to pray for you this morning. I'm going to pray for you right after the show, right in just a couple of minutes. I appreciate you guys. Always remember, this is the day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. I appreciate every single one of you. And I will talk to you guys again live on Friday. Also, go ahead and finish up the show. Yes, guys. And thank you again for just the encouragement. Thank you again for just everything you continue to do for us. We really appreciate it all. We're going to be doing starting a Thanksgiving sale starting today. We're going to be, um, it's going to be thanks five, T H A N K S five. And it'll basically be 5% off all products on the website, kits, specials, everything, 5% off. So I encourage you to use this time, take advantage if you want to pick up or stock up on anything. We'll be having that up on the website here shortly. You guys heard it here first. So I just want to encourage everybody, continue to get this information out there. Continue to stand your ground with this. You're not in this alone. We're all in this together. But we have to have a resolve, my friends. There has to be a line in the sand and a point where we say no more where we say this is done. And I've already reached that point where I'm done, done. I've been done for months. But we have to reach that because every day they're pushing the boundary and they're stepping over the line. And then a lot of Americans are putting another line in the sand and they step over that. America backs up and they put another line in the sand and these governors and unlawful individuals step over the line again. We're watching it happen. We've watched it happen for months. And further and further and further, they keep telling you, you have to do this because it's for everybody else's protection. It's your civil duty. You have to wear a mask to make sure everybody else is protected first off. There is nothing, absolutely nothing, legal or constitutional about telling me it's my job to keep other people healthy. I find it grossly ironic when I walk into the store and see people having their shopping carts overflowing with Twinkies and Ding Dongs and cupcakes and diet soda, and the person pushing it's four or 500 pounds, morbidly obese. They got a face mask on. 
there going, I hate to tell you, <laughs> you ain't making yourself better right now. And again, it's almost laughable, but then it's not. Because those same people sometimes will get mad at you for not wearing a mask. Like I told you when I went into the, the battery store that one time a couple months ago. Ladies in there, obese, yelling at the staff through her mask, like drooling. It's disgusting about how she's, you know, basically has a compromised immune system and how everybody needs to be wearing a mask and how she's so susceptible. I walked in in the middle of it. I'm like, well, you, should, you probably should stay home. You know, <laughs> that's the case. And it really is. If you really are a sick individual and you really have an immune disorder, if you're really nervous about stuff, you should probably just stay home. But for me and the rest of the country that's awake and alert and healthy and ready to continue carrying on and living life peacefully on our way, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and of sound mind. Thank you, my friends. Continue to speak the truth healthmasters.com you guys have a blessed Thanksgiving have a wonderful night and uh, we'll be back on Friday enjoy the show tomorrow we'll still play play a tape but it'll it'll still be a great show I really appreciate you guys have an awesome night have a blessed Thanksgiving 